Hey friends, this is Matt. This is Jeannie. Mutual victory. This is mutual victory. Episode 34. It's a magic episode. Is it? Why? Because we just went. Oh, I thought like with the number. Oh no. Which I was thinking of the last one was a magic number. It was. It's 33. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of numbers are magic and it's a magic episode because we are fresh out of so we are <laughs> fresh out of where we're fresh out of a board game convention yeah first convention experience for mm-hmm. you i've gone to comic cons yeah like in new york you have not no. done this before no no yeah. it's basically like a yoga festival oh. it's the same thing there's no way it's as cool maybe i don't know they all have a lot of same things in common well we're doing something uncharacteristic though we're jumping right in oh we're not really jumping was uh was there something that we were going to talk about that was like our indiana jones slash james bond's opening scene that usually has nothing to do with i mean i have a hot take oh is it really a hot take (laughs) go ahead i think it's a hot take okay my hot take is in the spirit of democracy, <laughs> you like to present that there are, that I have options for things. Who has options? Me. You? Yeah. Certain times. For the, you know, in the spirit of marriage democracy. Okay. And you're like, oh, honey, what would you like to, and then like we could just fill in the blank. What do you want for dinner? What do you want to watch on TV? What board game do you want to play? What is your next, you know, book club pick? Okay. And often, the majority of the time, I will say, I have no answer. I'm like, what ifs? I don't know. Right. Yes. I don't know. Yep. I don't know even where to start answering that question. Accurate. Yeah. And then there are rare times. Yeah. Where I have an answer. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have a suggestion. You're like, what about this? Right. Even rarer is when you have an answer that you actually want, then you tell me. Mm. You know, it's not like you hear what I am asking. You say, oh, I've thought of this. This could be something. What do you think? And it's even more rarer that you have an actual like, I want this. And you you tell me that in those words. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... I'm going to say it's a solid 60 to 65% of the time when I do say, how about this? Yeah. That you don't like that answer. 60 to 65%. You mm, you mm. wish that the answer was different. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not that you don't All right, like it. I would it, say but... 50 to 55, but okay, I don't want to quibble over numbers. Okay. However, you don't just simply say no. You're right. And it bites me in the ass. I had this thought this morning. <laughs> I had this thought this morning. We're you like, pocket veto. I do, I do. Sometimes I pocket veto, but I need to start saying no a lot more. What? Can you give me the example that came up this morning? No. <laughs> ah, see what I did? Uh, no, I don't know what made me think of it. But you were like, I need to tell that wife of mine no more often. <laughs> At least if I say, here's the thing. 
Not to interrupt your thought, but if I say I, I'm usually a blanket yes for all of the crazy nonsense, or I try to be. Don't even fur. Okay. Why is your brow furrowed? Yeah. So giving you a blanket yes. Figure if I hit you with some nose out of the gate, uh-huh. that doesn't mean the actual answer will be like the thing won't actually happen, but at least it'll like, you know, stem the flood of things. I don't know if that makes any sense. Hmm. Yeah. I think I'm going to need more See, specifics. If I hit you with, if you hit me with 10 things, I give you 10 no's right off the bat. Guaranteed five are guaranteed to happen regardless. Yeah, I don't like this game already. Okay. I don't like it. All right. So I don't like it go, one bit. You go ahead. So, so is this, uh, okay. I give a suggestion. Right. And you pocket veto. Mm. It's a good move. And it, this has been your go to for years. For years. Yeah. And sometimes it was like we're doing parenting things. What? Or okay. we're like making a plan about something mm. or I'm talking about something that is like beyond the event horizon that you don't really want to talk about yet. No. And you don't say no. No. But you don't say yes. It's true. And you act like you didn't even hear the request or suggestion. <laughs> like it didn't even happen to to the point where sometimes I'm like, did I say that out loud? I like gaslight myself because I'm like... I don't know if I suggested that out loud or if I just said it in my brain. Now, and... that's a valid point you bring up. Mm-hmm. And I think don't lose that question. Or did I bring this up out loud? Okay. Because I would say <laughs> 80% of what is discussed, you actually bring to me out loud. I think there's a 20, 15 to 20% that you think in your head, but doesn't make it out to my ears. All right. Well, yeah. I don't know if those numbers are accurate. So what made you think of pocket vetoing? What? How did this come up? Uh, it came up because last night I was actually like, here are three suggestions of things that we could watch. <laughs> <laughs> we're like scrolling through streaming services and I'm like, how about this? How about this? How about this? And you just blew by every single one of them and then like change streaming services and you're scrolling someplace else. And I'm like, and at one point, what was on the TV? It was an advertisement for a movie that isn't even out yet. And it was just like a preview paused. Okay. And we're continuing to sit in the living room, in Ted silence, mm-hmm. and this paused ad is on the TV. And I'm like, so is this what we're doing? Because you still didn't pick anything. So, and you straight up ignored. Can I? Well, I mean, I could see how you would interpret that as ignoring <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. I was thinking of an answer or thinking of my options. See, I think you misinterpret pocket vetoing for what it really is, which is like thinking. And not ignoring with intent to blow past this question and avoid it altogether. I am very aware of the difference in your energy when you are <laughs> thinking and when you are pocket vetoing. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I need to work on my thinking face. So it's very interesting because it's not a bad tactic. No. 
It has worked wonders. And I'll, and if I don't, if I'm not really invested, like if I don't actually give a shit, I'm like, whatever. That was a pocket veto. Moving on. He'll come up with something then. Yeah. Um. It was just that last night, like the one suggestion that I had, which we did end up watching. I mean, for the official record, I was like, why are you pocket vetoing? You did. What were the three? One of them was what we watched. Mm-hmm. What do you remember the other ones? Uh, that 70s show. Oh, uh-huh. And... Mm, so you don't even remember. Right. I Obviously, that was like the third thing I suggested. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I just got to suggest something so that I'm not just bopping around streaming services. Right. right. Oh, it was Yellowstone, but we couldn't watch it. Yeah. We have going to watch it today. So. Yeah, it wasn't released yet. Was the thing I chose uh, a Christmas story Christmas? No, it was the... Four, Four Christmases. Christmases. The second that was the second movie we watched yesterday. We did evening. well, you know, we had a really full weekend. Yeah, we did. You're right. I'm I'm just saying is that I with intention committed to a movie that we had watched already that day. And you wanted me to do that twice? Jesus. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. You got a yes, you got a hell yes answer to one movie. You get one of those a day. No, you get five a week. You'll yeah. Well, I think like yesterday was an extenuating circumstance considering we the drove. weekend, the epic weekend that we had. We did have the epic weekend. We couldn't or- be like reading. My brain, no. like, I think I read half a chapter last night before we went to bed. Nope. And I was like, my brain can't even do this couldn't right now. do it. I didn't even want to pretend. There was a lot of just energy. Well, okay. A couple things. One is that we are actually reading a book club book, mm-hmm. a book that we're both reading together. It is Babel. And it's fantastic. K.F. Kwong. That was like one of the most, you know, highly reviewed rated books of 2022. I mean, you're further in it than I am. I'm like three chapters in. It's great. It's It's so good. Fantastic. I love it. It's already good. I can't wait to keep reading, but I knew even last night I was not going to at all. It's too tired. Not going to happen. Yeah. And I want to say that for people who like enjoy historical fiction, but more on the like fantasy side of historical yeah, fiction. Yeah, it's like a it's just so beautiful history where it's like not is it's like in our world but not quite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's spectacular already. It's really so good. I once mean, it, we read it completely, we'll do yeah. a full review. I mean, it's definitely like I mean, it's 500 pages. It's kind of a slow burn in that one of the, the the main characters who's a boy comes from China to live in London and, you know, describing like the city in detail, you know, and talking about the education that he's going through in kind of detail. So it's like kind of nerdy stuff too, um, that the author's spending a lot of time going into detail about, which is really cool. It's yeah, so good. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, we all, I mean, speaking of Christmas story, Christmas, Christmas, Christ- story, Christmas. The Christmas Story sequel. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you, I, you know what? If you never, or if you like watched a Christmas Story and didn't like it, I think if you even know about that movie, or uh, if you could be told a two sentence premise of that movie and watch the sequel, you would enjoy it as much. Like I don't, the, I don't really think you need to necessarily watch the first one to like kind of 
enjoy and appreciate and like enjoy the movie. Like mm-hmm. I think it's done well. But if you've seen the the original that came out like thirty years ago, of course there's a lot to love about it. It was really good. I was actually kind of surprised about how good it was and how like emotional and like heartfelt you know existential crisis kind of thing going yeah, on which i did not expect were taken aback by that i don't remember yeah. at all the original oh, so this has proved my point yeah i guess or my theory and so i didn't go into it having any kind of expectation around what the tone of the movie and it's always a little dicey christmas movies that involve middle-aged men are dicey in the existential crisis zone like they always are they always are we could do a whole we could do a whole podcast on the the masculine archetypes in christmas movies that are middle-aged dad men oh boy i know like it's like a thing it's like it is a it is totally a thing well i mean it is a thing but also there must be a a feminine equivalent and that's on like the hallmark channel but we never watch those do you think it's yeah maybe we should for a comparative study i don't want to watch those though i don't want to watch those either (laughs) wow that's a yeah we got to think about that that's really interesting right anyway so we won't go into it but it was really touching i was actually i think i even got man tears i think i got man tears several times but definitely towards the end all right I was crying through yeah, I, multiple times. As now. I get older and actually sappier, uh-huh. I'm having a harder time keeping it together in front of you or people with movies. How did you keep it together? Because it's, I, have we not gone over my upbringing? All right. And- well, this is going to be some unlearning that you do because, uh, you know, crying at movies is like, I mean, people don't see me cry. And it's not because I don't think, it's not because I have energy around like, I think crying is bad at all. Crying is as important as shitting. You have to cry. It's not good for you, for your whole body and system to hold it in. It'd be like holding in your poop. So it's more about when people get weepy or teary, it is a pretty normal human response to be like, oh, you know, like I'm going to take care of you now. I'm going to feel bad for you now because you're like crying. Sympathy? Is that what you mean? Or... Yeah, I feel bad for it you might be sympathy. I don't know. It just seems like it it puts other people in the zone of discomfort and my nineness can't have it. So I'm like, mm. I'll just pull these tears in because I don't want other people's fun time <laughs> to be interrupted well, I mean, I by think, me having a sentimental breakdown. Well, it's different. If I think in a movie, it's appropriate and totally fine to tear up or cry. It happens all the time. If you're just sitting at Thanksgiving dinner and just is like, I'm just going to cry right now. It's a slippery slope, honey. No, it's not. (laughs) That slope is a very low grade. (laughs) Lots of ridges to grab onto. Oh, good Lord. Well, I mean, okay, here's here's what is going to drive you insane. It's because the the tip of the iceberg, the the front part of that slippery slope Mm -hmm. is going to be like... uh, you know, when in Return of the King, when Gandalf is riding out from Minas Tirith to use his staff to like fucking fight off the fell beasts and the ringwraiths so Faramir can make his retreat, like 
the lighting of the beacon scene. Is that where you want me to start to get teary over? Yep. Because I think it may infuriate you. What? I don't know. It might. Uh, no. Incorrect. Oh, okay. How many times have we been watching a movie where I look over at you and I'm like, are you crying? And you're like, no. <laughs> Yeah, see, if I start getting teary at an MCU movie, you're just like, seriously, this is it. This, this is, is not true. Captain America you Winter just Soldier. You the story up in your head. Captain America Winter Soldier is the one you're going to start crying over. I would be the least surprised if your first movie tears that I witnessed were about <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> it's not even. It's the part where... um, Like, the bad guys, like, it's like, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been compromised. And then Cap goes on, like, the announcement. He's like, price of freedom is high. I'm willing to want oh, to pay yeah. it. But I bet I'm not the only one. Not even that part. It's the part where the guy is holding the gun to that dude at the table, yeah. at the computer. Mm-hmm. He's like, launch the satellites. He's like, can't do it. Captain's orders. I was like, oh, that gets me. That's like. Your eyes just got twinkly it, talking it, about shut it. Shut up. It did not. <laughs> no. Shut up. It's so cute. <clears throat> so I don't know. We might test this theory. I think we should test this theory. And I also think that we should make a running list of the midlife crisis christmas dad die hard what is that going to the top of the list it's the well we haven't watched it yet uh-huh and then we're gonna i think we're gonna go see it because it's gonna be at the state theater oh right when is that the 10th okay yeah oh okay oh okay you don't have to go no no i want to go i know you want to but maybe if well, you're... that wasn't brought up earlier when we were talking about maybe having Luna overnight, so. Oh, then I'm sorry, darling. Hard pass. Oh, wow. We're going to go see this movie. Okay. And we can go get her the next day. Okay. All right. And then when she turns 10, we could bring her. Yes. Yeah. 10 is the appropriate age for Die Hard yes. Christmas time. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, since we're on the topic of Christmas and... What are we really here to talk what about? Are we, really are we there at that about? point? Okay, cool. So, yeah. Well, to tie in, we had an awesome weekend at our first fucking board game convention. I can't really, believe it's taken this long. Yeah. Pandemic. It has, you know, that too. And I mean, we have a lot going on. It's not like we don't spend a lot of time doing nothing. It's yeah. just, but still, you're right. There's no reason why it took this long. I mean, like, I bought tickets for this in August. And I'm already thinking about buying tickets for one in June or August, depending on how brave we feel like being. But yeah, so the convention was called PAX Unplugged. Mm-hmm. And it was at the Philadelphia or the Pennsylvania Convention Center in downtown Philly. Like most conventions, a multi-city block, large building. 20,000 people. It's like the, yeah, I think 30,000, I think is what they, the attendance. Oh, 30? For the whole... The whole event. So, like, some people, I don't know if you noticed, some people had badges for just, like, Friday. Some had just weekend. Like, you can buy single day or you can buy, like, weekend or three day. Mm-hmm. So, like, between the three days, I think they were anticipating uh, 30,000. What is your – give me your hot take on the convention. Like, what did you think? Like, it was a lot – I mean, I walked in expecting – I knew kind of what I was going to see. Right. But like, so what did you, what was your, what did you think? I thought it was amazing. Um, I would say that the f- like top three things that I would take away from a board gaming convention in particular is one, I was not aware that there would be games there that you can't get other places. Oh yeah. That's so like- 
It's yeah. like the big deal. I mean, that's part of the draw and going where it's like you get to see some of these things that before haven't been released. Not even released, right? Right. And so there was part of me that was like, oh, this is just like shopping. We're just shopping. <laughs> was that if, on the expo floor? Where all, yeah. Like, if we had, you know, if we had like shown up at a mall, but a mall was, the mall was only board games. Yeah. Like every single store was a board right. game store. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, what's not fun about shopping for board right. games? Right. And it was not until like we were there Friday and Saturday. And it wasn't until Saturday where there was some booths of like local stores that were selling yeah games yeah um because unless like a public like if a publisher wasn't there you couldn't just buy a, a game you would like the right. only way to sometimes to buy a game is if that publisher had representation at that at that convention which not all of them did but like so there were a couple stores that are like oh i have not seen this game on the floor they must not be here but i can buy it now mm-hmm. you know and it like is good for like the local board game store scene kind of thing right um so that was really cool, like just the realization that this was, you know, like <laughs> board game shopping, like oh, really totally. convenient board game shopping. Yeah. And then finding out that like some of the games, a lot of the games that were there, you couldn't get them other places yet. So Well, some games like the one of the first ones or the one that we played you know, I mean, the cool thing about this is, is not only do you get to see demos of it, but like you can sit down at a table where it's set up of rep. Someone there is like, hey, let me teach you how to play. Mm-hmm. And they walk you through it. You play a couple rounds and then you get to try something else. Like we played <laughs> this two player game, Beer and Bread, mm-hmm. which we loved, which we could have bought, didn't because we thought we were going to go back on sunday but we didn't so we didn't get a chance to buy it uh and it's not going to be out for like a year at least 2023 at some point so i know it was a good one. Ugh. yeah and i think like that's the that's the second thing that i really loved about the convention is sometimes the hardest part about the board games that we play is it can be it depends on how you best learn something mm. you know and if picking up a, essentially a, a manual, picking up a manual yeah. and reading it cover to cover isn't your way of mm. retaining information and learning a new thing, it can be really hard to learn a new board game that's has a lot of layers, that is complicated. Yeah, there were games, as, I mean, this was pretty light. I mean, it's a two-player game. It probably takes 20 to minutes to half hour. Mm-hmm. And again, because we are so immersed in this hobby, we didn't really have, there's not really a big learning curve. Right. Like if this was someone's first game, this would have taken a little bit to explain. Mm-hmm. So like I would say a novice, someone who doesn't game as much as we do. Right. Could pick it up and get what's going on. But, you know, when, for example, when uh, the woman that taught us the game showed me the card, like the cards that you acquire and play, my first thought was I'm like, okay, there's three parts to this card. Like the top part has this kind yeah. of icon. The middle part has this kind of icon. The bottom has this type and like they, you can play this card in one of three ways. Like basically the top gets you resources. The middle makes you make the beer or bake bread. Eventually the the bottom part is like an upgrade. And Mm -hmm. it's like, because I've played games, I know that. And it's not nearly as intimidating to learn. But again, like I 
can imagine trying to teach someone who doesn't play a lot of games and they see this thing. It's just like, there's so much going on. It can be overwhelming, which it like is, but also once you kind of decipher it and kind of know what's going on, it's not, you can easily figure out what's going on. But initially it could be super overwhelming. Well, there's, and that's the thing that's, that was so lovely about being there and being able to sit down, learn a game from someone's, you know, walking you through it, explaining mm. it, that kind of stuff, is you get to play a couple of rounds. And if, because sometimes like questions don't even register in your mind until <laughs> yeah. you're on like round three and you're like, wait, what are we doing here? Because a particular scenario has popped up. Mm-hmm. And so to have somebody sitting there that's like, oh no, actually, like this is how this works and helps you in the flow of the game. Like right. that is what I think most board game pubs Mm. that we have gone to are missing yeah and i think like you know whenever i get all like dreamy dreamy about owning a board game pub it's because i imagine that there are people there who their jobs like their only jobs Mm. really is to sit down and to walk people through new games and to kind of like serve as a coach, mm. like even get called over if there's a question in the middle of the game, like the board game pubs that we've been to, like what I what I long for them to be is that setup that was mm. happening at the convention yeah. where it's like you sit down, they walk you through a couple of rounds. It's an actual human being that you can ask questions yeah. to. Like, Yeah, that's tricky. I was thinking the same thing because I thought of the time, the last time we were in Philadelphia pre-pandemic oh and you went you to know, thirsty dice we, yeah like you eden and abby went to go see elton john maddie and i went to a board game pub yep and we played this game that <laughs> even that day or like later that weekend after we went like three years ago she's like we gotta get this game it's like yeah and i just like never i didn't find it i think she even went into like great escape to reserve it but i didn't go to get it in time it's just one thing after another and i was just a terrible person and didn't get it but i went to past the booth of the company that was makes it and i mm-hmm. saw it i didn't even think i just grabbed it went right and i bought it so we finally have it but we were trying to learn the game and we asked someone to come over and help us and what he basically was doing like he took the directions from me looked uh-huh. at them and then like skimmed them scanned them and then explained as we went i'm like i i'm doing this now right so like if, if you don't have quick and easy answers if you don't know it well enough to say do this, this, this off the top of your head. Like right. you don't need to be here right now. Like mm-hmm. not in trying to be insulting, but like you're not, right. this isn't the help I needed right now. I can do what you're doing. But that's tricky. Like you want to have a, a if you want to have a diverse library of games, like you want to have a hundred games. It's awesome. You want to have choice. But then I mean, yeah, but you staff, pick like a top 10 board and you list those board games and like, right. this is the menu but that hard you to get have. to have an assistant right yeah come. that's true and then everybody has to know those 10 board games yeah. well, that's true you there's know. a way to make it oh, easier there is a way i have thought about this so <laughs> many damn times um because i think like board game pubs have such potential to yeah. bring people into this hobby at especially like the hobby has exploded in the past 15 years yeah like it went from being pretty niche to like being way more accessible like people often ask when they see the games we play, like, where do you find these? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not hard. It's not hard, it's not hard to find them. I mean, right. a lot of them are at Target yep. now. So, like, the, the, the hobby is expanding, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, this could be a way to get people 
that don't have the confidence or, you know, they haven't played a board game in a really long time. So even like basic mechanics isn't going to, you know, be second nature at this point. Yeah. Even with some of the games that are games like the ones we play, avoid the mechanics that are the most familiar. Like mm-hmm. the roll the dice and move your piece. Right. Like they, they actively do not want those types of mechanics. So if you've played Monopoly, Sorry, Life, any of those things, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, anything about these games, just forget because I'm not, a lot of these games have these types of mechanics. Right. And again, it's like a language. Like if you do it enough, you can recognize like, oh, I get exactly what they're doing. There are actions, I get choices, and then there's resources, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, you can easy more easily figure it out yeah so that was the that was my second takeaway was getting to sit down and learn games and try games um that you know you you wouldn't really get an opportunity to or like you don't have because like part of part of the draw is like here let's go see what the new stuff is from this publisher and they have stuff that's not released yet or there was a whole section that was called First Look, where it was just games that are not available in the U.S. yet. They're all mm-hmm. overseas, either Europe mostly, but... Yeah. Yeah. And then the third thing for me is, like, the gaming community. Mm. Yeah. And, all right, we are pretty introverted people. <laughs> At a board game convention of 30,000 people in and out throughout the weekend, we were not like, hey, let's make new friends. (laughs) This is not how, you know, we're not sitting down with a group of strangers, introducing ourselves and playing a game. Yeah. And would I do that if we weren't still in the middle of a global pandemic? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know, though. Like, there's a lot of reasons not to. (laughs) Uh, it's just a lot to like meet somebody new and then like you don't know how they be when they play board games. Right, and there's yeah. nothing that drives me more insane than taking a game so seriously that attitudes happen. And I don't <laughs> see it very often because the people who like to game usually aren't in that mindset right. of like fierce competition. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously everyone here is listening to a podcast called Mutual Victory. This isn't, it's not a shock that I am not a fan of direct competition, sabotaging other people. Like, um, yeah, says the woman that played, gave me the fool card as we played Everdale earlier. I pointed out, like, oh, there's the fool well, card. That was because it takes I up space in got your city, that card for free. So it takes up space in your city and gives your opponent negative points. Huh. Look at that. That's weird. I haven't seen that yet. 10 minutes later, it's like, here you go. Thanks. Mutual victory, my ass. So the board game community as a whole, I would say, is very alternative. Pretty queer. Yeah. I thought that too. Um, In a good way. Like, I wasn't like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which felt, like, just I think that's so a good many, indi- you know, fringy, alternative, you know, like pride flags and like people being exactly who they are like just it actually if i if i was to take a guess i would say even that visible expressions of partnership and sexuality on that 
floor in the convention center was 50 50 mm, i would have said 60 40 like but it, close but yes yeah, so yeah like, i mean that, and i think it's a good indication of the you know open-mindedness open-mindedness of the community is that the amount of people there that were proudly have you know pins t-shirts mm-hmm. with their partners mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like wasn't a thing i think it's a big i thought that too like very welcoming yep um inclusion inclusion yeah. diversity like and not i mean in just like a very this is the way that it could be everywhere type of way like it just was lovely like that and on top of that was the layer of generally speaking a community of people who care about one another and oh well yeah i mean it was a vaxxed and masked event 100 percent. and i in the time we were in the hours upon hours we were there i think i witnessed one person being told to put their mask on mm-hmm. which they were like oh yeah sorry right um maybe one yeah like it was not i mean everyone was most like most willing to do this mm-hmm. you know to have this event you know what i mean yeah. and be and feel and be safe in such a i mean it is a huge space but again there are thousands and thousands of people especially in the the first look section and the game library section which the game library is just like they had a hundred games or so you just go check Probably it out more. go to a table and sit down and play, play it and figure it out if you want to play it um I did love that in those two sections, like just rows and rows of tables, they had signs, usually for the first look, actually in the other section too, where they had two signs, like looking for teacher, and you put it on like on top mm-hmm. of the box, or looking for players. Yep. And I thought, if you don't see a sign that says looking for players, the general consensus is you just won't go up to a group like, hey, can I play? Mm-hmm. And like, that's not a group that does this or would want that. And it was mm-hmm. very clearly like... This is no one has to worry about the random person being like, hey, do you mind if I play with you guys? Like, no, I, I don't want you to do that. Yep. <laughs> you know, so. And I saw a wide variety of age groups mm-hmm. represented yep. and people there with their children. Oh, yeah. um, didn't you see like a pronoun something? Uh, probably. I know what you're talking about, but I don't I remember, remember what it, what it was. Yeah. It was cute. Yeah, I don't remember. Bummer. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, that was one of the the main takeaways that I had from the whole experience was just like people caring about one another and being very inclusive and accepting and open. And that's the vibe of game players. Like that is. Yeah. It's a. So beautiful. Dope vibe. It's very dope. (laughs) Um, yeah, I love the expo floor with all like the publishers and their booths and displays and seeing what they got that's new and stuff like that. I mean, we got there and probably, you know, I don't know what time we ended up getting there. Three or so, two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. By the one. time we were like in. in it's like yeah. one or two. And like we just spent a couple hours going up and down the aisles just consciously slowly because i knew how much time we were going to have so like we could that's one thing i remember go up, going to comic cons where it's like you feel like holy crap there's so much you know this just go quick to make sure you don't want to miss anything like you can take it easy and still see stuff because uh-huh. you'll have a lot of time so i i enjoyed 
that uh, I wish we purchased a gaming table. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Santa will bring me one. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Um, so that was fun. I always like seeing. I wanted to buy the one gaming table. You were like, I don't think it's going to fit in that room with the futon. Yeah. Well, get rid of the futon. <laughs> not getting rid of the futon. So, yeah. So I like seeing what's new. I like. It's fun. And I in, in the, when we try to learn a new game there or like get walked through a new game, my sometimes I sit there and look at like the rules or try to listen to what's going on. And I try to make it make sense for like how the game works and how to win or score points. Mm-hmm. My new theory is don't think. Look at like the choices presented to you and just pick one and it doesn't matter. Don't worry about the outcome. If on your turn you have option A or B, and since this is a new game, you want to like make it make sense and like what's the best path to victory? What what happens if I choose these? Pick one. It doesn't matter. And then you can see what the outcome is, and slowly your brain will absorb the rules and get what's going on enough to where it can figure itself out. But I remember thinking about about flourish. Yeah, yeah. It was just like here are my options. Just pick one of them. That's and how I play every game. I know. And I it's so goddamn <laughs> infuriating. I'm just like, Look, actually, this card's pretty. <laughs> if that's the way you play Everdale, keep it up. Because I whooped you earlier today. Oh, you didn't whoop me. I beat you by like... 10 points. Yeah. Like 40-something to 30-something. Anyway. Anyway. Love the convention floor. And not only games. Like, not only board games. There was a lot of like rpgs yeah there was even one booth i think they do like music for board game or themes Mm -hmm. especially for role-playing games that was really cool minis painting yeah which is super cool like there was a whole section dedicated to painting minis i think at some point you could just go and paint i think they had actually a competition oh my god um yeah they had uh game tournaments Mm -hmm. like there was a uh, terraforming Mars I'm really sad tournament. that I didn't get to do the Azul tournament. The Azul tournament. There was a Carcassonne tournament. I wanted you to do the Power uh, Power Grid tournament. I hate Power Grid. Uh, it's such a good game. Stop it. I'm never going to do that tournament. Oh my God. Stupid game. Why do you hate things that are good? Why do I want to play a game about the... Uh, it's like, here's the, here's the nice egg game. Nothing sexier than New it's York State Electric game. and Gas. Oh Let's right. play a game about it. Get it. <laughs> so they're the endless tournaments. So weird. And one, I mean, I think we could probably name two or three publishers off the top of our heads. Sure. And I expected one of them. I would have hoped for one of them to be there, Same. but they weren't. I think it's and probably the same one we're thinking of. Fantasy Flight? Yes. Yeah, I don't know why. If it's Maybe it's a smaller convention. Because I'm looking at the numbers for other big conventions. They're upwards around 50,000 or so. Well, you know I what? I don't know. This is how we decide which convention we go to in the summer. What? Which one is Fantasy Flight at? Wow, interesting. Yeah. Mainly because I think Fantasy Flight must have exclusive rights to publish Star Wars games. Oh, I would think so. so. Like, well, except for that Han Solo game. That's not Fantasy Flight. Oh, no. Uh-oh. <clears throat> but I don't know what else new they got going on. I haven't like been on the website or checked it out. But it would have been cool. But we did get to see, uh, I don't know if it was just tournament or like free play, where it's just like two people could sign up with their minifigures 
of Star Wars Legion yeah. and play. Um, not only because most, if not all of them, had their own armies painted, mm-hmm. which they have to do either themselves because they come like they're just gray figures. But also, like, apparently the dude that organized that had 3D printed tables terrain. of terrain and so buildings. So many different planets. Yeah, like there was a Mustafar. Was there was a Sarlacc pit one from Tatooine. The there was a Hoth one mm-hmm. with like a downed AT-AT. Oh, it was so freaking cool. I could have spent an hour just checking that I stuff know. out. Like if, I think we were spending a little, not too much time, but like there was no one else looking at that. Except the people that were two people at a table playing the game. It was just us walking up and down saying, whoa, look at that. I know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but one guy was like totally willing to talk to us about all the things. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the table we went to and talked to those two dudes that were playing. Mm -hmm. We just kind of walked up and we're like, this is so cool. And he was like, yeah, that guy organized it. He did all the printing, he did all the painting of the sets and the tables. And I looked up at the other guy who was playing. He's like, yeah. And this is what the mission we're doing. We're doing hostage rescue. And he was like so excited to explain so in cute. the middle of their game. Like no one was like, what are you doing? We're playing. Go away kind of thing. Like that was never any part of the vibe there. So right. that was super cool. Um, any, say regrets, but like we'll call them not regrets. We'll say next times where it's like stuff we'll try to do at either this convention or similar conventions. Because they all have similar stuff like is there anything that we kind of didn't get to do that we would want to catch somewhere somewhere else next time i wanted to be in a tournament good for you i'm too scared to play people i don't know why i don't know this is no stakes whatsoever (laughs) like they don't feed you to like some scary monster in a pit if you don't win um i want to be in a tournament and I possibly want to go in costume. Oh, okay. As what? Your favorite I don't know. Maple? I haven't decided. Well, I do think that we missed an opportunity to walk around mm. in mutual victory sweat. Yeah, I told I said that. I, I seeing people I don't even know what I saw, but I was thinking like, oh, this we gotta talk about this right on the podcast. And yep. I thought missed opportunity. Yeah. Make t shirts, just walk around with them. Yep. On, obviously, not like giving them out to people or something. Right. Although yeah. it's not a bad idea either. <laughs> um Yeah, I I think that we missed an opportunity to like kind of fully geek out in that way. Um and then the food scenario was oh, yeah. bad. Right. So bad. Like, well, like thank f- God terminal market market was there. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, lunch was, day two was right, good. It was across the street. Yeah. But like if you walked into the building in one entrance, you basically had to walk three city blocks. Yeah. You're still in the same building and then out a different door and then Terminal Market is there. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know why we didn't. I don't know what we were thinking. Bring trail mix We or were thinking bars. like we were going to Disney World or something where you yeah. can't bring anything in. Yeah. Fair so. food. I had, I had chicken fingers for lunch and dinner one night. You did. Because I'm a grown up. You frequently <laughs> order chicken fingers. I do. Uh, yeah, that was not ideal. I do think that given how much, because I didn't know how much time we would spend at the convention and yeah. how much like 
downtime there would be, like no frame of reference, and wanted to book a place to stay and booked an Airbnb. And we probably yeah, could have just we were, gotten a hotel close by. We were like you know, the walking distance. 10 miles, 25 minutes outside of the city. Right. But so also, we spent a lot of time driving. Yeah. And like so on Saturday, I went in in the morning. You had to teach from like 11 to 2. Came back to get you. Yeah. Then we went back. That I mean, it is what it is, but it was a parking yeah. challenge where I had a spot in the garage had to leave to get you. Came back, finding a spot at that time of day on a Saturday where there was not only the there was, was a social studies convention, social studies convention in a different part of the building. There was like the Christmas Village going on, so mm-hmm. like a general Saturday in a big city. It was hard to find parking, but like you know, figured it out. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, do we just stay in a place that's like an Uber, a five dollar Uber away kind of thing? Right. You know. Yeah. Well, either what Columbus or Indianapolis. I don't know. Um, we didn't do any of like the stuff on the first floor, which in Comic Cons, it's like there's a lot of panels, like artists, creator, writers. Well, like, we did have, the puzzle room. I, yeah, I know that. But there was like lots of other things, which I actually didn't even realize or think to look at until we were down there uh, waiting for our time in the puzzle room. Mm-hmm. Like I knew there were other things. Like there was a uh, an event about like learning to paint minis, like mm-hmm. painting minis for beginners, learning to paint like light and shadow on minis. Mm-hmm. That's something like I enjoy doing, have learned a little bit how to do, would love to learn more. And that would have been a good opportunity to check it out. I would have loved if there was a panel on like getting started creating your first board game. Mm. I mean, there might... I mean, I don't know if they're technically panels, more like workshops in yeah. these things. But I think there might have been be in, great. in the unpub section where like... I love workshops. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was... And I, and I also didn't feel like we were sitting around doing nothing. Right. Right. Like we weren't idle. So it's not like we yeah. were not doing things and we're like, oh, we could have done this. Instead, we were doing nothing. Like we were doing things. Well, my thought was if we had brought like lunch, yes. let's say we brought yeah. lunch on Saturday, right? we could be eating lunch while listening to a right. workshop presentation. Yeah. We wouldn't have to like get food somewhere. Like one day we got it at Terminal Market. One day mm-hmm. we ate there. But either way, it's half hour, give or take, maybe even more depending and on lines and stuff. And yeah. Like the lines... For the terrible food inside the convention. Yeah, wasn't good. No. No. Yeah. Well, you know, live and learn. It's like next time we'll have, instead of nothing in my bag, I will have snacks. Snacks. Which is a silly Trail thing. mix. You love trail mix. Sandwich. Uh, yes. Luna bars. You are making a great list of snacks. <laughs> For June. <laughs> good job. Is that what we're doing, June? <laughs> I No, I just told you we have to figure out which one Fantasy Flight's going to. It's either, I mean, June in Columbus Mm -hmm. or August in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah, do I wish we did anything else? Not really. Um, I did want to play or try a couple games. Like one time we kind of just missed sitting down to one to learn... 
Yeah. One, we were thwarted twice. One time, though, there's a new version of Splendor mm-hmm. called Splendor Duel, which is just a two-player game, which is a guy at the booth was explaining there's some changes to gameplay. <laughs> it seemed cool. I wanted to try, you know. Special powers. Yeah. I've never heard a grown man that I don't know talk to me about special powers. Well, you have not been to enough conventions. So much. So, so much. Yeah, so I In wish... A short period of time. There were a couple times where we, like... We're like, oh, there's an empty spot. Let's go. And someone just slipped in and snuck in there in front of us. Mm-hmm. I don't feel so bad about not playing that one game that we're just like, fuck it. We're just going to buy it. Oak. Well, because. This giant game how called do you Oak. not purchase a game about druids. I know. It's fairly. That is the name of a tree. I know. So I'm we- a sucker for themes, you know, like they make or break. At one point we came around the corner at the convention and I was like, "Whoa, this is all space. <laughs> and I just wanted to turn around. I, don't know. I only care about space when it's Star Trek or Star Wars. Oh my God. I don't know why. Ugh, grow up. I don't understand why we have to have this big obsession with space. So Ugh. I just avoid it. Clearly. I run away. I know. And Terraforming Mars is a great game. I want to play that game a lot, but you never really want to. I'll play it. No, don't play begrudging me. Don't do me a favor. <laughs> this is not what I wanted in my board game playing. Um, I so yeah, be so happy about it. If there I said was, yes. uh, yeah, one or two times we tried to sneak in and play a game, but someone snuck in in front of us. One time with Oak, we're just like, I liked how when we were discussing Oak about what to buy it, it we. The more I think about it, we both were acting like we were trying to let the other one know we wanted to buy it. Mm. Instead of just like saying it, because I approached them like, so we could always, we could just read the bag and buy it anyway, you know, maybe, I don't know. And you were kind of the same way, like, huh, should I, too shy to mention or too too shy to say, why don't we just buy it? We were both like tiptoeing around it. We were both like, let's just go buy this thing. Yeah, because I didn't think at all you wanted to buy it. I thought I was talking you into it. Oh, God, no. I was like, who cares? (laughs) Like, let's go let's get it. I was like, how many games are in his backpack right now? They were none because I got a lot when you, I was there without you. When you were there by yourself. Yeah. Oh, man. And it I'm was... sad that I didn't get that little bun game. Bun the game? steamer buns. Oh, yeah. The food. The little bun buns. They well, were so cute. Do you remember the name? I took a picture of it, actually. No, but I'm sure I could find it. It was just so different. You know, like... And this is one of the things like people, I mean, I got a text message today from someone that was like buying Christmas presents. Here's the age of the kids. What are we getting for games? You know? Really? Yeah. Oh. And um, like for me, it's beyond just like, here are some really great, great games. It's like, here's a good variety of themes mm. and here's a good variety of mechanics. So you're not doing the same thing basically in a different in a different medieval version, village right like you know would i suggest to the same person that they should get stone age and lords of Waterdeep? not necessarily because they're both worker placement you right. have a bunch of meeples you put them on spots you get the resources to mm-hmm. spend on other things um so i love both of those games mm-hmm. i would play either of them anytime but if it's someone's like, would you recommend? I would say these games are very similar. Pick a theme that you would enjoy. But like, you know, there's right. not a lot of variety about what the game, what you do in the game. Yeah. Uh, is this a segue? 
Did you? This is a segue. You are really good with segues. Queen of segues. You are. And it makes sense because I am notoriously bad with transition. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it well. And when I do it, it's just like stark. Like, I ended one thought. I am about to start another one. Basically, freshman essay level. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, your kapha gets like super slow sometimes. So, when you're in your kapha... There's no changing anything. Yeah. Let alone right on a dime. <laughs> no, not a, not any not any manner of coined currency. Mm-mm. No, none at all. No. So the segue now is to mutual victory buying guide, shopping guide, Christmas guide. Is that what we're calling this? Maybe. Maybe. So basically, it's like some games that you. I think you may have more than I do. I have basically one and my list will be released throughout the week weeks of december Mm. as i read more i have some that i think i want to talk about but i don't know enough really just yet but i do have one so you go first because it sounds like you were about to segue into this and you have things to talk about so someone's like hey age of kids things are into what would you suggest or like how did this well, I'm going to back up a little bit, though, because it's it's a little bit more of this list tonight, or December 5th, yeah? Yes. So there's 20 days 20 until days. Christmas, how many days till Hanukkah? Uh, like a week less. 16? I think it's the 19th. Oh. Yeah. Really? It's like the month, Christmas is on a Sunday. I think it's the first Monday night before. in Hanukkah is the Monday before. Um. So of the various winter festivals that are upon us, solstice, uh, and the gifts that we're thinking about purchasing, this podcast being what it is, mutual victory, a lot of times about relationship, a lot of times about being, you know, in a long-term committed partnership and relationship. This I'm, is about the grind. I'm going to... just about the daily grind. Oh my God. I'm going to start with a list of two-player games that you could play and not speak to each other that is not what i was going to say okay great a list of two-player games particularly for people who are like i've been looking at this person's face (laughs) nonstop. i would kill for an activity to do (laughs) other than anything else let's not stare at the tv tonight right or our phones our phones yeah and let's put all that aside let's in go. the spirit of PAX Unplugged. Let's go analog. Unplugged. Yeah. On this date night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Hit me with it. So the first one mm. um, isn't... So these aren't technically like only two-player games. They yeah. just work well with two players. They work really, really well okay. with two players. And I enjoy them. And I think that I think we can produce like a variety here of games so that they don't all have kind of the same components, the same. Right. So you're not doing the same thing in a different. Right. Yeah. Scenario kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm going to start with Azul. You like Azul? Azul's great. And it was interesting because when we were at the con, the man who wanted to talk about special powers was talking about okay, the... Okay, hold on. It's not like he came up to you out of nowhere. It was like, would you like to hear about special powers? There were two games I asked him about, and the thing that he could tell me was different 
about this upgraded game was that there were special powers. <laughs> they didn't tell me what those special powers were. Well, I mean, why tell me what they are? Mm. Okay, fine. But yeah, so, is this the chocolatier version? Yeah, it's a yeah. chocolatier version of Azul. Where instead of, it sounds like, instead of porcelain or stained glass, you're the making theme, chocolate. You're making chocolate. You're making chocolates. What a delicious theme. So cute for the holidays. Yeah. Limited edition. Oh, and we didn't get it. And we didn't get it. Wow, we did not do nearly as well as I thought we did at this convention. I know, because I kept saying things in hinting voice, and I don't think you were picking up on it very well. Okay, hold on. If I have not made anything abundantly clear through the <laughs> tenure of our friendship slash relationship slash marriage, <laughs> subtle hints don't work. Obvious hints don't work. Hints don't work. So just say it. Yeah. Anyway, for everyone out there who's uh, going to purchase the things for Christmas that their spouse wants, one of those things is definitely... Azul Chocolatier. If you can find the Chocolatier, yeah, if you can find it, because it sounds like the difference is that he said you can play it as regular Azul. Mm -hmm. It just has chocolatey chips. The goodness. (laughs) But if you basically flip the tiles over, they will have special powers. They They will have their unique ability. Yeah. Um, And it sounds like, actually, any version of Azul is, is just a banger. Yeah. I think the original version is great. We yeah. have it. We love it. Chocolatier version is great. I know I gave my sister a version. Yep. And she said it was good. Mm-hmm. She enjoyed it. And there's at least one other version and every and, and there's they're different enough where you know, if you maybe like I think we are talking about maybe giving our copy of Azul to someone and getting a different version. Yeah. Uh, it would be worth it because it's different enough where it warrants purchasing it to play it. True. Good suggestion. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is going to be a throwback because I don't think we've played this in a while. Uh-oh. And the reason is because it's super easy to learn. It takes zero setup. Oh. It could be put in the coffee game category. Coffee game category. For those of you who have not heard us talk about coffee games before. For those of you that haven't. For those of you who haven't. Is the game that your brain doesn't really need to be 100% online. You could be in the morning time drinking coffee sort of slowly waking up and play this game together rather than stare at your phones. uh, Sitting on opposite ends of the couch drinking coffee. So it's like a nice, you know, morning... Like it's called Tsuro. Oh, yeah. Tsuro is, and I think that there's two versions, right? There's, yes. And they both have the same, like, relatively simple mechanics. You you lay out a tile, you move a pawn basically uh, along a path that you have created. Isn't that what the word means? Like the path? The path, I think. I think so. Yeah. 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 So the object of the game is to be the last pawn on the board. Yes. And like the pawns start start off the board along the side. It's, it's just a square. Mm-hmm. And then you lay a tile down and there are eight dashes, basically, like eight yes. lines. And each are a different like path. And, and you have to follow the them the until yeah. you can't go anymore. 
Right. And that or means like, that they could link up and send you sailing right off the right. board, like in which case you lose. A tile, you want to keep it on the board, but sometimes the only tile you can play sends your piece off the board, you're out. And right. if it's a two-player game, you lose. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Not, I mean, yeah, like you said, no setup, because the setup is like you play a tile on the board, the board starts empty. Yep. Um, it's really easy to do. It's a good, yeah. Yeah. And that one, you can play with like up to eight people. Right. That's a good like right. big group game. Does not take a lot of effort. Lots of age. Like basically, you know, if you're seven or ten, you can play that game and play it with people that are much older. Yeah, it's a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's probably one of the like you know games that I'm like, oh, this is so easy and a and a really great game to play, yeah. particularly if. You don't have a lot of time. Yeah, twenty minutes max. You really? know, uh, and and I forget about it sometimes. So mm. it's good to good to revisit good one. the oldies but goodies. Nice. <laughs> uh, um, well, how how many do you have total? Five. Oh, oh, okay. Go. This is just this is just like for you know Christmas funsies, right? And so far, these two are under the fifty dollar mark. Azul. Oh. Maybe forty, but even I think it might be under that. And Good it's not know. expensive. Good what do you got? What's next? Marrakesh. Oh yeah, that's another good one. Marrakesh is another really good two-player again. Do you like how every response you give, I'm like, oh yeah, oh that game, good one. Oh, so I just won't say anything next time, and we could just all assume that I said that. Or I, I could assume that you hated that thought. You're like, oh, I hate that stupid game. Oh. Unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah, Marrakesh is good. So is that, in, that's two. Is it two player only? I think so. No. Yes. Could be four player. I don't know. You talk about it. I'll go look. <laughs> uh, regardless, we play it most of the time as two players, and the premise is you are rug salesmen, <laughs> rug dealers, and uh, and you're kind of competing for stall space essentially. And so you're laying out these beautiful little rugs in a particular pattern, and you get points at the end of the game for, uh, you know, the amount of space that your rugs are taking up. And um, if your opponent lands on your rug space, then, you know, there's some payment that has to happen. So... It's it is direct competition and it doesn't feel mean because you're just competing about rugs, so that's cute. And the components are adorable and um yeah, you're trying to be the best salesman, basically. Yeah, in the I mean in some ways it is direct competition because like I can do a move where I place one of my rugs directly over yours. Right. And that then occupies your square and it's now mine. But it's never to the point where Doing that takes a lot away from you and makes the game unplayable. Right. Yeah. So that way it works. Two to four players. Two to four players. That's works, what I thought. Works I great with four. two. Love it for two. Because I remembered four separate rug patterns. That's right. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um. Do you like that game? Yes. We don't play that game very often. No. And again, no. very little setup. Yep. The game is... Laying out your pieces on an empty board. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not a whole lot of time setting up, which can be a lot. Like if, you know, I'm the one that does the game setting up. 
and sometimes it's like, okay, we spend 15, 20 minutes setting up and then we play the game and I put it all away. So it's like time consuming. I love it. But also like to take out a game where there is no setup is kind of nice too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your number four? So my number four is because Christmas time is here. Uh, is here. <laughs> and this is a Christmas thing. It's not, but it is like Die Hard trains. Oh, okay. So Ticket to Ride. Yeah. I don't love playing Ticket to Ride with more than two people. So uh, okay. In it's kind of like Splendor in that way. Like I mm. prefer to play Splendor with only two people. I is, prefer to play Ticket to Ride with only two people. Is Splendor your number five? No. Oh, nice. Um, And the thing about Ticket to Ride is, again, very low maintenance on the setup. You lay out the board. You deal some cards. You don't really have to do a whole lot. Right. Um, the, the choices on your turn is you either draw cards, cards mm-hmm. or play trains. Like there's not, right. you're not over, you know, it's not an overabundance of choices. Sometimes right. having a lot of choices is great and it can make for a deep, rich, interesting game experience. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, I want, I need two choices and two that's choices. all I need. And it's still a really fun, interesting game. Yeah. I love it. Um, it's fun. It, there are different places of the world. So there's right. different ticket okay. to rides based on different geographic the locations. original version is a map of the US. Mm-hmm. We also have the Europe version, which is fun. I like it. I think we have the, I think we got the Asia map too as well. Yeah. 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 But there's, yeah, there's tons. And it just has that like, you know, a different feeling of a train, you know. <laughs> Putting Ooh. some trains under the tree. Polar Express. Polar Express. Train around the tree, right. They have yeah. a whole little theme night around the trains. Trains. Ticket to ride. Ticket to ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good. That's good. Love it. Yeah, and so if we look at this game in comparison to the other games that you know we've talked about, it's like when you say this game, do you mean your number five? Ticket to ride. Oh, ticket to ride. Okay. Um, you know, there's just different actions. Like you're trading mm. in cards to lay tracks where as you know your your whole role in marrakesh is laying out tile like carpet tiles basically Mm -hmm. so this list isn't comprehensive because it's more about like different varieties of ways of playing and mechanics in the game yeah props to that list that's really good as far as like there's a rate right now four simple games Mm -hmm. that have a pretty diverse like player i mean player number player ability but also like again your choices and mechanics is pretty varied well yeah. done i can't wait to see what number five is number five is kind of kind of being uh, out there wait hold on okay ticket to ride mm-hmm. if you can play friendly competitive mm-hmm. you can play ticket to ride is usually up to five people Hate and it. the space gets a little tight on the board makes it makes it ah, i like it makes it interesting (laughs) it makes it a race you know you want to make you want to get your track down before someone blocks your way and then you have to go a little bit longer out of your way to complete your route i don't like it yes when if it's just the two of us there's plenty of space (laughs) which is it's good i don't mind it i like it i like it I, i like it very much but also i also much very like Having five people at the table for this because it just, I don't know, adds a little bit of that friendly tension. As long as you enjoy the group you're playing with, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what's number five that's out there? 
So these are all really out there for someone that doesn't have a foot in the gaming world, but it's true. It's yeah. true. It's but true. anyway, go ahead. So the one that's that is out there is I would say it's different because it probably doesn't really have like a Christmassy or like a holiday time kind of vibe. Um, it does take a little bit more setup. It's probably the most complicated, but there has to be a cooperative game on this list. Mm. And cooperative games, when you're only two players and trying to stay focused on only two players, can get hard mm. because there's like on, there's only so many things that you can do right. when you're playing a cooperative game that doesn't have as many players to support the mission. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be Pandemic the Cure. Oh, okay. Because we haven't, we don't have any dice games on that mm, list. Yeah, no. And there's something really, really fun about rolling mass amounts of yeah. dice. Yeah, and gamers, we just love rolling dice. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. And, you know, we're in year whatever of the pandemic at this time. And I don't think anybody knows how, you know, germs are spread or prevented or treated or anything. So why not also include some learning? <laughs> It's not really that kind of game. It's not like... There is a global pandemic, and you have to fly around the globe and treat people. Right, but it's not like, I'm going to choose the wash my hands action. That's true. That would be a good action, though. That would be fine. It'd be a helpful action. It'd be weak, but I mean, I could do more. Anyway, this isn't like that kind of educational game. So... There are different colors of dice, and the different colors of dice represent different types of disease. If they were going to make an actual like COVID version of pandemic, which they probably won't because it's in bad taste, yeah, they could do different like strands of the virus being different colors. It'd be very interesting. I don't know, man. There's like how many? This is game I want to get for only because of its size is zombie side. Uh-huh. And it's just like loaded with minis. It's a zombie shoot 'em up survival board game. And they've made several versions. One of which is a zombie side, you know, like the the Black Plague. Oh. Wow. So who knows? Maybe in four hundred years. Right. They'll make a COVID zombie side. Yeah. 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 Or but like no. maybe even the National Archives rule of like seventy years, right? Yeah, for maybe. The or, census for the records. census records. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good game. It's the good gut uh it's cooperative. Mm-hmm. It's got the dice chucking, lots of rolling dice. Yep. So it's based off of the cooperative board game Pandemic, yep. which is in my um, you know, top five yeah. that I will always so recommend good. to new players because it's so good. And Pandemic the Cure, I think, is a little bit less complicated because Yes, very much so. You know, yep. the setup is less complicated. Yep. And it's like the dice tell you exactly what you can yeah. do, you know, you're making less actual decisions because you then, have less decisions you can make. Game, you have to original, follow. Than original pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. I would argue this is the more complicated of the games on this list. Yep. But I don't know. I would not let that deter anyone who right. wants to play. Again, it's good for two, but you can play it to at least four. And I mean, like I said, it's more complicated, but the dice tell you what to do anyway. So it's like, whereas pandemic, you kind of have you have four actions and you have to figure out and make a plan right. of what you're going to do with those actions. In pandemic, the cure, you roll the dice and it tells you the things you're allowed to do. And that's all you're allowed right. to do. So the decisions yeah. are a little bit more left up to the fate of the game. 
and yeah. it's a great cooperative game. There's still options and choices, but again, like yeah, with pandemic, you get you get to do four things, and here's a list of the eight possible actions, and you're like, well, what do I do? Like mm-hmm. you could, it's up to you, man. Like any yeah. combination of these things is good to do. You just gotta pick some, pick four, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or pick one and do it four times. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, if you're going to think about getting into gaming with your spouse, wanting to have some of these things or, or on the shelf, family. I mean, these are good. Or family. Yeah. I think if you have, you know, these are good family games. I yeah. would say they're pretty, they're pretty uh, not heavy. I would say yeah. lightweight, medium to lightweight, where they don't take a whole lot of time and don't have a whole lot of rules. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly like. In the dark times of the year. <laughs> I don't know if this is true for everyone. And we've been talking about it lately. It's like, sometimes there's that gap of time between, you know, 5, 5.30 and bedtime where it's just like, it feels late. Well, it's always... Motivation a, isn't high. The gap between sunset and when you go to sleep. Yeah. Like, you know, when you can't go outside. Right. Then it's like, Jesus, this part of the day lasts forever. Lasts forever. Can I go to bed yet? It's 7.30. Right. right. So I would say yes. You would say no. I mean, no, because then you're going to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's what's going to happen. So this is a, you know, really, really yeah. lovely way to spend. And this is often when we evenings. get into like, hey, let's play yeah. all the games we have. Yeah. Just pick one and, and yes. one or two a week and just do it. Yeah. Um, which we did last year until like... Spring. Until spring. Yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah. Um, can I tell you my one game that I thought of? Yes. This is for if you have a Star Wars fan in your family. Mm-hmm. And that could be a child. Mm-hmm. I think if you have a Star Wars fan who's 10 and up mm-hmm. and you want something that's less complicated but super fun, Star Wars X-Wing. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, the base game is like 35 bucks. It's all you need. It is a miniatures flying dog fighting blowing up spaceships game. Yep. And the miniatures are excellent. Like they're paint they're pre-painted. It looks just like a movie prop. Like if you zoom in, take a picture, zoom in, it looks like it could be in the movie. And the rules are pretty simple. Like like a lot of these games, especially like combat games, maybe, where you can get the base, like a very basic version of how a turn works and what happens. There are other levels you can dive into if you want to increase the complexity. Um, but if you want to keep it simple, you totally can. And I think someone who, if you know someone that's young and likes Star Wars, this is a fun game. The base game comes with an X-Wing and two TIE Fighters. Someone's the Empire, someone's the Rebellion, and it's a flying game. You have miniatures on these little stands. You secretly pick the path you want your ship to go. You unveil them together. You use the templates that they give you to move your ships, and then you roll dice to shoot each other. Mm-hmm. And it's super accessible and super fun. And this, along with the other games, YouTube is your friend. Yeah. Like, these games have been increasing in popularity for the past decade, and with that comes the ever-increasing amount of people with YouTube channels dedicated to just explaining rules to these games really, really well. 
Like a lot of these, if you look up how to play Star Wars X-Wing, Fantasy Flight has their own, but it, like there's also a dozen other people who make videos that are equally well-produced that show you how to play, explain it, and actually have two people playing it so you can watch it. And so explain like, it like succinctly. To, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You can find short. a 10-minute video, yeah. start to finishes, start to finish, that gets you started playing very quickly. Yeah. yeah. So if you have a Star Wars fan, there's lots of other great Star Wars games, but I think the simplest one is X-Wing. That's what I would go for. Yeah, I love my, that. That's my one for this week. Maybe well, and it's also week. like a double bonus of a game too, because it it's like you're getting toys and a game. <laughs> yeah. And if you like the game, the best part is they have expansions when you just buy more ships. You just looked like your dad when you said that. You just fall down the rabbit hole and buy more ships. You can buy the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. and Boba Fett's ship mm-hmm. and all the other ships. Mm-hmm. So if it's a hit, you have presents signed up for years. It's great. It's true. Yeah. And as somebody who, you know, isn't a big fan of direct competition. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we did a mission playing X-Wing one year with the transport. And the only, mm. like, the whole mission was just to escape. Like, right. that was it. It wasn't to, like, shoot everybody else's plane planes out of the sky. It was right. just to get from point A Basically, to point B. Basically, the opening of Empire Strikes Back. You, and had to get, you were evacuating the base on Hoth. Oh, my God. It was so good. Yeah. It was the most fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So... That's the list. I think uh, anyone who's been remotely curious about this nonsense that we do has a good place <laughs> has to a good start. Place to start. So, I, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll think of more as the weeks go on because we did pick up some at, I bought a couple at PAX that I've heard and read about being like easy to play, easy to learn, good with a lot of people, good party game, good holiday game. Um, so I want to play it before I talk about it, but it's supposed to be pretty good. So good job. Stay tuned for more of mutual victories buying guide along with, I mean, next topic, I can't wait to dive into the masculine energy of Christmas movies. Oh my God. We, I can't wait. This is going to be amazing. Christmas crisis. Midlife Christmas crisis. Midlife Christmas crisis. (laughs) Next episode. I love it. This is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thanks everyone.